Hey, Granville Chapel youth, welcome back to our 40 Days with Jesus podcast. This podcast we're doing during Lent. Here we are. It's the week of Easter. We're almost done. Just a few more episodes and a few more days left to Easter Sunday. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verse 32 to 52. That's our focus. And a little bit of a dip into Mark chapter 11, the triumphal entry. Whatever you're doing today, I really do hope that you are grabbing your Bible, spending that time with the Lord, and asking what He has for you during this season of Easter, because He really wants to lead you to life in the middle of this strange time with probably way too much time on your hands. So with that in mind, grab your Bible and let's get into it. Okay, in this section of Mark, where we're really marching toward the end, towards the cross, Jesus has been on a journey with disciples who mostly don't get what he's doing. And how could they, right? He's going to do something amazing. And this chapter 10, verse 32, is where Jesus predicts his death. It's the third time he does it in Mark. And what always gets me is Jesus is so clear about what he's about, and the disciples are so uh, lacking in understanding. So here they are. It says they're going towards Jerusalem, and his disciples were astonished and afraid. Jerusalem's where Jesus has been getting into trouble. It's where the law is breathing down his neck, and they know that going back to Jerusalem is is a crisis. It's literally going to likely be a death sentence. So into that tension, Jesus says this very clearly. He says, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man, which is what Jesus called himself, will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles, the Romans, who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And that's where I think the disciples just stopped listening. They just couldn't fathom it. But right after, he says, and then three days later, he will rise. How could they fathom that? It's just not what they had in mind. They were looking for a Messiah to kick out Rome and conquer and lead them into God's future. But Jesus is so clear that his death is the path that he's on, not just his death, but his resurrection. And so then in the verses following 35 to 45, we get this strange section. I always find it really strange where the disciples are just truly blind. They, it's here, it says that James and John, the closest disciples come to him and say, teacher, we want you to do something for us. When this kingdom of yours comes in, which they think is conquering and ruling, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left. So they want these seats of power in this kingdom they're imagining. And Jesus is just like, can you drink the cup I'm about to drink and be baptized like I'm about to be baptized? Which he means his death. He means the cross. And they're like, yes, we can. And then Jesus, uh, in a warning tone, probably says, you will drink the cup I drink and you will be baptized with this baptism. Predicting ahead that as they become his followers and when he's resurrected, they are going to be the ones um, rounded up and gathered and put to death, which history tells us is exactly what happened. So there they are thinking the totally wrong things and totally blind to what Jesus is about. And then the scene flashes to verse 46 to 52. So they're just getting towards Jerusalem and it talks about a blind man called Bartimaeus. And, um, 
there they are walking on the road, and it says, A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. Have mercy on me. So, but the disciples in the crowd, they rebuke this blind guy. And then Jesus stopped and says, no, no, call him. So they call him and, and he goes to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? which might be obvious being blind, but Jesus is always asking, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And then Jesus replies, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So at one level, this story of blind Bart could just be of, hey, one more random blind guy got healed before Jesus heads to the cross. But Uh, What Mark is doing is contrasting this blind man with the spiritually blind disciples and painting a picture that if they and if we would just come to Jesus, he would restore our actual sight so that we could be his followers on the road, seeing clearly. Because you see in this story, we have Jesus who sees clearly. He knows where he's going and what he's got to do. We see blind disciples that are stumbling along, have no idea what he's really doing. And then we see a blind man who wants Jesus so badly, even though he's being rebuked, and he just wants to see. And Jesus says, your faith, that I can do this, your faith has made you well. Come, be my follower, and have true sight. So blind Bartimaeus has true physical sight, but I think also spiritual sight. So that's the picture that we have. And then just for a brief dip, I want to look at Mark 11. Because right after these events, we get to what the Bible calls the triumphal entry. That's what we celebrated on Sunday, Palm Sunday. So we have this crowd, including a a person like blind Bartimaeus, who has been healed. We have the disciples who don't get it, but they're uh, following Jesus with all their uh, expectations. And we have Jesus coming towards the gates of Jerusalem, and the crowd starts yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And of course, we know what happens next because the Pharisees and the religious leaders are waiting for him. But that doesn't stop Jesus. Jesus marches on towards the city with that crowd who largely misunderstand what he's all about. But Jesus, the one who sees clearly, knows what he's about. He knows what Easter is. He knows that it's all about the cross and the victory that only he can win against sin, bringing us into God's life. So there we go, just a short look at this passage. And as I do at the end of each episode, I've got a question for you and a prayer. Here's my question. Do I really want what Jesus wants? And can I lay down my version of seeking uh, to get ahead in this world and trade it in for his humble path? Because it's going to be a path of picking up my cross and daily following God's way. Just like the blind disciples, do I want what Jesus wants? Okay, then a prayer. I want us to pray along the lines of what blind Bartimaeus asked. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So as you pray that, can you stop and recognize and accept that you are blind and you are needy for God's touch? Will you run to Jesus and say, I want to see, I want your healing? 
Because if you do that, if you take your real needs to Jesus, he's going to turn and say to you, go, your faith has healed you. He desperately wants to heal you and release you and help you become his follower. He wants us to see. He wants to give his mercy to anyone who would take the time to ask. So there you go, folks. I hope that's been a huge blessing. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed it and you've been more inspired to seek Jesus in Scripture as we march towards Easter during Lent. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. Get out there, enjoy some sunshine, and uh, seek Jesus as you do it. He's always here, he's near, and he wants to touch you with his healing. Have a great day. May your will be done. God, let your kingdom.